From Seven CTOs, my name is Etienne De Bruyne, and you're in the CTO studio. Welcome back to the CTO studio. I'm your host, Nikolai Walker. So today, we're going to jump right into speaking to Augustine LeBron about what exactly the Fermi paradox is. And to be honest, I had to go look it up myself. So in my research, what I discovered is that the Fermi paradox works under the assumption that the number of possible locations where extraterrestrial civilizations might exist, might exist, a seemingly infinite number of cosmic hotspots is high enough that we should have detected at least one of them by now. So it begs the question, where is everybody? First, explain those two the, the Fermi paradox and the Borges, the, the what, the Drake equation? The Drake equation is basically if you multiply like the number of stars in the, let's just say the galaxy, right? The number of stars in the galaxy times how old the, the, the galaxy is times estimates for the probability of life occurring and estimates for that probability of life turning into multicellular life and then intelligent life and all these sorts of questions, right? You end up with some crazy high probability or a crazy high number of like our best guess for the number of civilizations, interstellar civilizations in the galaxy, right? And yet, as far as we can tell, the number is exactly zero if we don't count ourselves. And so that's the Fermi paradox. Where Where is everyone, right? Um, and so it's kind of been a cottage industry for decades now to come up with plausible explanations for why why we don't see anyone out there. Where is everyone? And it's just a fascinating thing to think about, right? Existences and like, why would we spend energy sending rockets into the galaxy when we could just simulate everything on computers on our planet? That's like, that's one plausible explanation. That is interesting. That is interesting. And then also, I do think a lot about the fact that we're going to Mars and how we just happen to have this planet that could sort of be terraformed-ish, just couple months away from us. Do you think that's going to happen? I think my my opinion on that varies a lot. I'm very uncertain. Uh, there are a lot of compelling arguments to do it, but it is also incredibly, incredibly expensive energy-wise to do it. So I don't know. It's, I, I'm glad somebody's trying. That, that is as much as I can say. Yeah, it does feel like that is good for the human spirit to, to, to try that. Yeah, like I, I, I try to make a point of doing all the SpaceX launches with my kids. Like I want them to have that feeling of we can do things, big things, crazy things. Just, you know, got to try. The SpaceX launches are prolific, um, especially, you know, I was telling my kids well, I was telling my wife actually that I'm I'm in an age now where we can get excited. About, well, this was a couple of years ago where we were excited about the Star Wars movies, the Superman movies, rocket launches. I mean, that's like a throwback to when I was ten years old. But we need that, right? We need those those kind of uh, north stars, right? Like, or certainly kids do, right? Yeah, I I uh, um, every time I every time I tell my kids I want to watch a space movie with them, they're always like. They hate watching space movies because it's always about someone who gets lost in space. <laughs> and I was just thinking that I guess as humans, the distance is such a peculiarity for us to 
get our heads around that we creatively create these movies where that distance is we're trying to reconcile like just how does how does this feel and and that's why we have to keep making movies about people who get lost in space yeah no i think that's that's a pretty insightful way of thinking about it like it space is really 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 big right it's like ridiculously ridiculously large now can i can i ask you a question that my son asked me so that i can answer him when we go back he asked me he asked me about what what is in between space oh this is this sort of uh like quantum mechanics uh kind of a question right where it's like like the god particle stuff right the 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 dark matter stuff and the reason he asked me that was, um, and we watched Apollo 13, and again, along the theme of humans trying to deal with distance and space. Um, and when, um, when Tom Hanks looks out of his window, he sees oxygen escaping into space. Now, where, where are those oxygen particles? Probably diffused all over the, <laughs> the solar system by now, right? Aren't they? I think. So it's just, so is space a bunch of lost molecules? I think it is. Mostly hydrogen by the, by the sounds of it. Space is lost molecules. Well, why hydrogen? Well, it's just because it's the most abundant element in the universe. Thank you. So I'll tell him. What should I tell him? I like that. I like what you said. Space is lost <laughs> molecules. I think it's good. It's very, it's very poetic. It's good. Thanks, Augustine. Thanks again so much for joining me today here at the CTO studio. And thank you, large thank you to seven CTOs for bringing us Augustine LeBron, who's the co-founder of Esalen Research, which helps CTOs build their tech organizations. Mr. LeBron is also the author of The Laws of Trading, A Trader's Guide to Better Decision Making for Everyone. Now, if you'd like to purchase his book, that is available at Amazon.com. I encourage you to check out slnresearch.com as well as 7ctos.com. And to continue this discussion, please head over to ctostudio.fm. We'll see you next time.